What is up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley here with the Scale Up Show. We got Ryan Buick on today, who is co-founder of Canvas App. Something amazing that they're doing over there. He's in the seed stage. He talks through a hyper short process that he took to get funding from one of the largest VCs in the world. On top of it, he is democratizing the need to transform your data into measurable business results. You're not going to want to miss this. Check it out. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to The Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have another Ryan on the show, Ryan Buick, who is the co-founder of Canvas, which is a Sequoia-backed startup that's reimagining the traditional office suite for the data-driven world. He started Canvas and aimed to change the way in terms of millions of way, millions of businesses use data and make decisions. Sorry about that mix-up. Ryan, happy to have you on the show, man. I think you're the first other Ryan I've had on the show. Nope, that's a lie. I've had one other one. So welcome, man. Happy Ryan, to have you on. Ryan number two, I'll take it. Great to meet yeah. you. Thanks for having me on. It, but it was all within the last month, too. So um, really good stuff, dude. So excited uh, just chatting about your product and what you're doing. It sounds really unique and innovative. So I'm excited to get into um, the whole journey on it. So before we do that, let's give a real quick revenue rundown. So where are you at in terms of your stages of the journey with your startup? Yeah, so we're at seed stage. We raised our seed last year um, from Sequoia, launched in February of this year. Um, and starting to pick up nicely, hoping, uh, yeah, hoping for a big year next year. Awesome, man. What's your, what's your primary go to market strategy for, for revenue growth? Yeah. Uh, right now it's all founder sales. Um, so trying to do, uh, you know, investor intros, um, working the founder network here, you know, we're in San Francisco, so it makes it a little bit easier. Um, but really, uh, Really just trying to do, you know, highly personalized network, go from there. Nice. So, uh, and then obviously at the stage you're at, that's pretty common, right? Um, you got to get the engine going. So what about <clears throat> your solution? Can you walk us through exactly what it does, the outcome it creates and who it serves? Yeah, totally. Um, I'll start with the the problem and how I felt it uh, personally, and then walk through uh, how we're trying to solve it. So I was at Flexport, which is a digital freight forwarder. Uh, you're asking what a freight forwarder is. <laughs> it's basically a, a company that helps consumer goods move their goods from their factories, from their suppliers' factories in China or Asia to their distribution centers or their warehouses in North America or Europe. And... Uh, Went through hyperscale there, went from, you know, 200 people to like 2,500 by the time that I left in like three years. Um, so I was one of the first PMs there. And we saw essentially uh, a few different problems regarding data. Uh, the first is when you add a new SaaS tool as a go-to-market team or as a operations team or people ops team, you have to get that data added to your data warehouse so that it can be joined and queried alongside your other data, right? If you wanted to build a dashboard or answer a question that you had. And that process can take some time. And you're relying on a data team to add the, add the new app to your warehouse. 
And then once you get it added, you then basically need to either know SQL and most, I'm doing air quotes, business intelligence tools to be able to get the answer that you want or you're stuck exporting data out of your BI tool and putting it into spreadsheets and index matching and pivoting and creating charts from there. And then you're screenshotting charts and putting into a deck. And then the next time you need to do that, you're doing that whole process again. Not necessarily surprising or, or shocking, I think, what this pain is, but it was pretty interesting to see it happening at a, you know, what's considered a very data-driven blue chip Silicon Valley startup. And so met my co-founders there uh, at the time, and we were working on an internal data product there. And we decided to uh, leave and go try to solve this thing. And so really with Canvas, we're tackling those problems that I mentioned in a few different ways. We connect uh, directly to your SaaS tools, so you don't need to hire a data team or expensive you know, data consultants to get started. You can connect Salesforce, Stripe, QuickBooks, Segment, and uh, you can just analyze that data with just your spreadsheet skills once you have it. So you can build dashboards, you can automate you know, reporting that you have sitting in Google Sheets or Excel and really get back to you know, doing your job and making decisions and using the data rather than waiting and having to deal with all this infrastructure of having to set up the data. And so really that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's, I mean, huge need for that massive pain point. So how large is your team then right now? Yeah, so we're just a handful of people right now um, and really, you know, trying to build out the product and make sure that it's exactly, you know, what we want it to be based on the feedback that we're getting from, you know, early design partners and paying customers now and really trying to make sure that it, it makes sense before we go out and do, a, you know, a proper series of launches, uh, hopefully early next year. Nice. And you mentioned you were you were funded in that seed stage, correct? Yeah, so we went out and uh, raised uh, pretty pretty immediately after leaving Flexport from from Sequoia. So we were lucky enough to get pretty amazing investors uh, in our corner there that have been you know super helpful for like I mentioned that that founder sales process, and uh, also brought on a, a, a decent amount of angels from both the data space and the operator space, founder operator space, because we knew that we had to you know. You have to you have to convince both sides of, of the ball, both communities to make sure that, you know, you're a, a reputable, you know, trustable uh, tool and not something that either side is, is going to shy away from, you know, adopting. So how did you how long did it take you to get investors in? Um, just a couple of weeks. We basically went out, left, uh, left Flexport, did a, a ton of research, customer, you know, anybody that would you know, talk to us in our network um, went out and basically just, you know, asked, Hey, what's, what's the most painful part about your job when it comes to data? What's your workflow? Like, what are the tools that you use? Probably did 200 of those in the course of a couple of weeks and came up with some prototypes, mocks, and then hit the road. And it was during COVID too. So it was a little funky and like doing zoom, zoom, uh, raise calls, but you get used to it. And, um, yeah. Dude, that's awesome. So it only so you basically you did like 200 interviews in a couple of weeks span and then you did kind of the the whole raise as well and, and did that take that so wait, you did all, so did the interviews in 2 weeks, right? Did you make like a clickable MVP then or something like that or 
something in Figma or? Yeah, pretty much. Um, we, we actually started building the, the prototype then. And it was a, like a loose idea of what we, what we wanted to do. Um, cause we wanted to make sure that we, we could also show off like, you know, my, my co-founders, how, you know, proficient they were on the engineering side and how, you know, how impressive something that they could, you know, put together in a few weeks would be. Um, yeah. So the whole process is probably like, you know, eight weeks, 12 weeks. Awesome, man. Well, that's, that's fast when you, when you combine all those, those variables to, to talk, to get 200 people lined up, talk to them, create something and then get an investor in eight weeks. That's, I think that's fantastic. Any tips that you would have for other folks that are trying to go through that? Because that's usually one of the biggest challenges that, that I hear startups are running into is just like how to cycle through that investment process at, at a speed that which you did. And then you got Sequoia back in you too. So it's not like you have some, uh, run of the mill chop shop back in your right. You got a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good investor. So any, any tips or insights on that, man? Yeah, I think like a couple of things. One is you have to, you know, make sure that you've, you've created the, the evidence, right. Either anecdotally or, you know, objectively through, you know, metrics. Um, first is go out and, and make sure that you know the problem front to back, uh, make sure that you can just communicate it clearly how you're different. And there's a big piece here, which is like urgency and, and time boxing it and creating some incentive. Um, otherwise it's going to be hard to get on people's calendars. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you have to really try to drive home this sense of, Hey, we're not keeping this thing open for, you know, two months at a time. Um, this is closing, you know, in two weeks. And so we, you know, we need to get a meeting book for us, for us to, to do this, those things probably all together. And then. Yeah. I mean, just constantly iterating, right? Like the, the deck is something that accrues value after each and every call. It's something that, you know, is a representative manifests all your, your different conversations and your learnings. And so the, the quicker you can just have that and iterate on it and put it in front of people when you actually get to start raising, it's going to be something that you're, you're really glad that you did that. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, props to you. Like I was saying, there's not very many people that have done that. Uh, like you have. Thank you. Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. So, so let's shift gears a little bit, you know, um, so what do you, and I know you're leveraging founder led sales, you're, you're, you're kind of working and leveraging your investor channels. It sounds like as well. I mean, what's kind of your strategy or approach for doing that? Yeah, definitely. So I think you have to, there, there's a, a decent period where like you really have to learn, you know, what's the saying? Like who you make the best beer for, like what, what makes you make the best beer. Um, and so there's a decent journey there from like, you know, after you raise and you start building out the team and, and building out the product to try to figure out, okay, we have this horizontal platform, like who is this best for? And so, 
you know, having conversations and and doing user research is is great for narrowing that in, but it's all lip service until you start getting people to actually pay for it. And so um, that was, you know, a, a decently, that was a decent part of, of, of the, the process to where we are now. And now it's, hey, we have these companies that we think that we're really ideal for, right? You get your ICP together, you're starting to hone that in. You start to realize, okay, this works best for these couple personas at this stage. And then it's really a matter of like, okay, who do I know? Who's the connection here? Putting together your list of, you know, a couple hundred companies that you think are the, the most targeted ones that you should go after. And then you just mine your network and see, hey, I, I want to talk to these hundred people who knows them, right? Put it in a sheet, share it with your investors and really go from there. But that's a... Uh, that's, I think the biggest cheat code that you can get to getting in front of quality people is just having quality intros. Um, and you try to exhaust that before you're, you're ready to move on to other channels. On the other side too, we are like doing content, like we're putting things out into the world and trying to let, you know, people know that are looking for something in our space. Hey, this is, you know, some helpful tips on here's what's really involved in building out your data stack. You know, here's, if you're a founder and you're looking for how to extend your runway, right? Here's some metrics that you should be tracking. Here's how to track those metrics. Here's how to build those metrics. So doing a little bit of helpful content there that's been that's been good for getting some inbound. But yeah, it's uh it's mostly the 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 founder sales. Awesome, man. Well, it, I mean, it sounds like a really, really solid strategy that you put together and very methodical, although simple, which is great, right? I guess like as you're you're going through this, like and and I know that this was something that you ran into. So you personally personally experienced like the pain of all the different data sources and and connecting them and, and making them work together. I mean, do you think that that's a problem that's gonna proliferate um as time goes on? Or what's your what's your thought process on that? Cause you obviously you took a look at this and you're like, you made a big bet that this is going to be the route, but do you think this is going to be kind of an ongoing issue that people run into? Yeah, a, a few things here. I think one is 10 years ago, the problem was you couldn't actually collect the data that you need, right? Now it's, we have so much data. We don't really know how to manage it. We don't know what to do with it. And the answer so far has been, at least for you know Silicon Valley tech companies, has been this modern data stack, which is great, right? It makes it it's it's basically for you know those in the audience, like it's basically the assembly of a couple key parts of uh, of a data strategy. One is like collecting you know your data, right? It's uh, using tools like Fivetran or Stitch or Airbyte to get data from your SaaS tools into a warehouse, which is the second part, right? It's a data warehouse like Snowflake or BigQuery. But then you also are looking to transform data in your warehouse. So there's tools like DBT. And then you have customer you know, data uh, collection platforms like Segment, right? And then you have tools to send data from your warehouse back into your SaaS tools because you want a Salesforce field, you know, uh, uh, that's updated based on product usage. And so it's created this environment where all of a sudden you have these amazing tools, but you need a fully staffed team to even go out and understand how to procure and manage those tools on a daily basis. 
And our thesis is that that should be the reality for enterprise, you know, Silicon Valley companies, but it's a little heavy handed for what most of the market needs. And so that's really our first opportunity, which is, hey, let's be this all in one. We're still partnering with you know the best in class tools. We're not trying to do this whole thing ourselves, but let's simplify the the, the process and the, the chaos for the buyer a little bit, right? Let's give them the ability to create a couple of charts without having to spend 100K on software and, and consultants. Um, so that's really our first thesis. And then the second thesis is that, you know, SQL has been around for 50 plus years. It's not the hardest language to learn in the world, but most operators do not consider it part of their day job. And sure, you're going to have those the 5% of folks that go out and, you know, they teach themselves SQL and Python on, on nights and weekends because they're just built that way. But in large share, most people are still going to just rely on spreadsheet skills. And until that really changes either in our university system or as a requirement for these operational roles, it's probably going to stay that way. And so we see those two big pains in the market and that's, sort of what we're banking on, or that's exactly what we're banking on, um, continuing to be a problem. And that's that's why we think our solution is a not just a better way, but also a different way. Okay. That, yeah, I mean, you're right. There's massive complexity. So would, would you, when, especially with data, like, I mean, there's more data. And I, I, I mean, I work with SaaS CEOs all the time. And that's one of the things that I see, even, even this company is as large as like 30 million plus, yeah. I've even seen it at a hundred million level where they have all the data they need, but they're not leveraging the insights that they can, yeah. um, that are actually highly, highly valuable. And until yeah. I'm like, Hey, you need to sit down and look at this. They're like, Oh my God, like this was so eye opening, Right. So is that what happens when a, a lot of the folks kind of leverage your solution and, and put that together or. Yeah. Well, I, I think just to speak to that problem too, right. Like there's so much inertia involved with building a dashboard or asking a question that we're we're spending all this money on building these data stacks but we're actually scaring most business people away right because as soon as they want to answer a simple question they get told that okay hey file a ticket and wait a couple of days and then they get a frankenstein answer back in a week or so so there's there's that which is I, I think a really painful process and I think every operator has felt this uh, at one point or another, and so I I think there's definitely a, a room there's space for this happening right there's space for hey we should actually come back and do a rigorous you know response to your answer if the stakes are high to that question but most often. It's a tactical everyday question. It's not something that's life or death. It's something that can be a few basis points off. And we still don't really have a way for operators to answer those questions outside of spreadsheets. And so that's really the majority of what we're trying to do. And to answer your question, the value that we're trying to provide, which is, hey, just at least give you some way to just ask this question with minimal barrier to entry, right? And just give you a way to pivot or write a quick formula without having to spend half your day, you know, exporting and, and index matching data and Excel spreadsheets that might be air prone. So that is really the outcome that we're trying to get to, which is an operator just feels more inclined to ask these questions and answer these questions themselves rather than, Hey, this, this is too hard. So I'm just going to make a gut, a gut call on this. Yeah. 
No, that's good. Uh, so what would you say right now with the stages of journey you're at? Because obviously you're, you're early on. Um, what would you say is your single biggest challenge right now that you're running into with growing the business? Yeah. Um, single biz- biggest challenge probably for us is just, I think um, there's a, a really crowded, like you, you mentioned earlier, like a red ocean market. I think BI and data is a definition of a red ocean market. And so you're really trying to, we're, we're getting pretty comfortable in the environment that we're currently in of communicating, positioning how we're different and, and getting really nice feedback and results. I think the next step for us is how do you communicate that on a, a wider scale? Um, how do you communicate that without having a, a one-to-one conversation? And so that's going to be really probably the next focus for us is how do you position this to the broader market and how do you show the world that you're, you're different without having to have that conversation? Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a challenge a lot of folks run into. So I guess to, to like round things out, cause we're almost out on time is so in light that, you know, you kind of foresaw that there's a massive issue with data or actually ran into it firsthand, right. With, with all the data and not be able to link everything together, where do you see the future of tech going over the next three to five years? Yeah, I think Sorry, do you mean um, like t- just technology in general or data or whatever, whatever? However, you want to interpret it, man. Like if you're looking at data, I, yeah, let's 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 keep it with data and insight, like related to what you your specialty. Because I'd love to just get your perspective on that. Yeah, yeah. I think one has been one trend that we're probably going to see is you know there's been this proliferation of of data tools and proliferation of just options on the market, and I think you're going to see a bit of a uh, a roll up happening and a bit of okay this this got a little crazy let's let's concentrate um and probably see a lot of acquisitions happen in the space especially with the way the things in the market are going and i think that's going to be ultimately like you know there's this cycle of expansion and contraction of of tools i think that's ultimately going to be a good thing that will simplify things and then we'll end up 10 years from there happening it again. I think you're going to see just the continued rise of no code and the continued rise of data being easier to work with um, due to a couple different reasons. And I think you're just going to continue to see companies that are trying to get the the tools or get the the level of proficiency that larger companies have and watch that become, you know, more mass market, right? Watch the, the, the behaviors and the patterns of, you know, a a billion dollar Silicon Valley company and the tools and, and, and processes that they have access to get democratized to, to more middle America and more companies that are traditionally not, um, you know, not completely data driven. Makes sense, man. I think I think it's it's funny because literally you're the second CEO in less than 24 hours that that talked about the consolidation, which is funny because like nobody's mentioned that before, but you're the <laughs> second person in 24 hours to mention that to me that there's going to be massive consolidation. Of yeah, I just there's so many tools. Yeah, just I I I think it's over the past couple of years it's been really easy because the money's been there, the valuations were there that, you know, a lot of features, a lot of features of a product were, were getting funded. And I think we're going to 
we'll probably move away from that and probably see that being rolled up back into, you know, more, uh, more bundled suites or solutions. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So, um, well, Ryan, we're, we are up on time. So where can people find you? Where can they find out more about you in Canvas? And then we'll wrap things up, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, so our, our website is canvasapp.com. So uh, canvasapp.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. My name's Ryan Buick, Buick, uh, like the car, B-U-I-C-K. And uh, yeah, would love to chat if you have uh, if you have you know any sort of data problems. Um, you know we're we're here to help and even just give advice uh, if you're you know unsure about what tools to buy or you know where to where to start. Um, that's what we're here for. But yeah, this has been a ton of fun. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you being a Ryan, and uh, <laughs> it was awesome having you on the show, man. So we'll look forward to seeing y'all in the next episode. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.